the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Your ears are not deceiving you. This is a second episode this week during the offseason. It has just been too good for us to not record. I am Blake Meyer, as usual, and with me I've got my co-host Ryan Gilbert. How you doing, bud? Yeah, I mean, we have to come back here, record a second show. I mean, we had a few big signings. The uh, winter meetings wrapped up. A very busy. You may even call them the world winter meetings there if you're uh, <laughs> if you're into that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and. We almost we almost broke some judge news on the last episode. My voice just about cracked like I was going. We broke the arson judge. The the arson judge news was broken last episode. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a like the Chris Paul State Farm commercial where there's like him and then there's the his brother that's got like the mustache. Yeah, same type thing. Like arson judge signed with the Giants, but Aaron Judge (laughs) re-signed with the New York Yankees. Very big signing. One that I don't think was all that unforeseen i know we kind of thought that he was using the giants to get a little bit better deal with the yankees which is what he did end up doing i mean he pretty much just used the yankees and got what he wanted and now he's going back to the yankees i think my favorite little part of it is that he is going to be named captain the first captain since Derek jeter which is going to be kind of wild yeah, I mean, he, he deserves it for coming back. And, you know, everyone wants to hate on the Yankees. I hate the Yankees, but you got to respect them for, you know, he had the offer from the Giants. He got a lead offer from the Padres, but uh, Steinbrenner called him. He was like, do you want to be a Yankee? Judge said, give me another year. They gave him another year. The, the deal was done, and he'll probably be a Yankee for life, which only adds to his legacy, as does getting the captaincy. So it's it's a rare thing to see in baseball a, a player stick with a team throughout his entire career, especially a player, a caliber of judge. So it, it's good to see from a baseball perspective, even though pretty much everyone hates the Yankees. Agreed. And I was even thinking there in the playoffs and maybe the freaking everyone in New York hated Aaron Judge the way they were booing him and shit. But it stuff like this does make me wonder why it was it took so long for the Yankees to just offer him what he wanted to begin with like if if it was that simple that Steinbrenner literally just had to call and say hey you want to be a Yankee all right what do you need oh you need a ninth year all right cool we could do a ninth year like if it was that simple at the end why not just do that in the beginning uh, no I, I think that makes sense so it's like okay go see what the open market gives you come back to us we'll we'll, we'll beat it rather than being like okay we'll give you this and then he'll That's have true. then he has that to take to the Giants be like hey if you if you can give me another couple million a year or an extra year I'll, I'll sign with you but now he goes back to the yankees he had the leverage the yankees gave in to what he wanted i mean gave in air quotes there because he's an amazing <laughs> player like i know how buster Oni was like oh that was a total surrender by the yankees no the yankees re-signed their their biggest free agent in decades quite quite possibly so yeah that's yeah as you said we were not surprised here at all i mean not much 
else to discuss that we already haven't discussed with Judge. Um, but I, I want to bring up, I, we, I, we don't have in the show notes or anything, but you hear about the uh, different baseballs that were being used, and they were using like possibly more juiced baseballs in those uh, Yankee games down the stretch? Yeah, that was kind of wild. Wasn't it like, I don't I don't know all the exact details, but if some lady tested like 200 baseballs or something, or maybe it was more baseballs than that. But she found there was like some that were very dead, and then there were some that were super juiced, and then there was some that were just like regular baseballs. That's, I mean, good on them for using juice baseballs for Judge. Like, let that man get that that home run record. But I hope they just go back to all juice baseballs. Like, fuck it, bring the bring back the era of five people hitting fifty home runs. I mean, I, I mean, kind of good for them, but also like this is just opens up people to be like, oh, so is there should there be an asterisk next to Judge too because they were using different balls for him because it, it seemed like they were using those balls for the Yankee games, the postseason games, like the All Star games, the high profile games and it was it's weird it, that graph that was circulating i have up right here it was just the yankees had had most of them there in in uh, august september october and then definitely more so in the postseason but yeah he's still a great hitter it's just interesting to see that uh potential uh debatable thing happen there with another another home run record that's true they they always gotta put an asterisk on everything <laughs> Like, just like, I'm not going to go on a Barry Bonds rant, but besides Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds was my favorite player growing up. He was the one player that I collect baseball cards. I collected baseball cards with my dad since I can remember. And I always had to trade my dad for his Barry Bonds cards back in the day. That means you'd be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't give a fuck about steroids. Like, he he's the greatest baseball hitter of all time. Like, I'll, I will die on that hill. But uh, Aaron Judge, he's also, like, he... There is going to be those people because everybody's overreactionary. They're going to want to put that asterisk next to it now that you say that. And I'm thinking about it just because everybody's got to find a problem with everything good in life. But, I mean, the man just hits dingers. Like, it's not – it shouldn't be a surprise. He He's had three – he's played, what, one, two, three, four, six – Six seasons, three of them you could count healthy. I don't really know what to call the COVID one, so let's just say five seasons three of them were healthy and he averaged 51 home runs a season in those three so he's a beast like he's he's gonna hit a bunch of home runs juice balls or not uh, i'm not surprised that they used some more juice balls in the yankee games and the more high profile games because i think everybody's trying to find a way to make baseball more appealing for people and what's more appealing than watching somebody hit a baseball 500 feet but yeah that it doesn't surprise me yeah, I mean, yeah, that the uh, I agree with you on Bonds. But that's a conversation for another uh, off-season podcast. But yeah, Judge in his seven-year career, 162 game average of 49 home runs, 110 RBIs, while hitting 284 with a 977 OPS. So he's an amazing player, no matter what. Uh, sticking with it in that Yankees lineup, you know, he's gonna be hitting there with 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 Rizzo, Stanton. Uh, they're gonna have guys like Oswaldo Cabrera come up, maybe Oswald Peraza. Uh, Jason Dominguez maybe join him there in the outfield, so he's gonna be the captain for a uh, for a long time there with the Yankees, and there'll be a, a lot of young guys coming up looking to him. So that that's that that's a good thing, I guess. Just to to wrap this up, where does this, does this impact his fantasy value like at all? Uh, ESPN has him ranked seventh overall, second outfielder behind Juan Soto. I think he's still easily a, a first round pick, possibly top five. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd still say probably top five. Five to seven. I did. I, I like that seven number that they have met. I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to hit like a, a, a new American League home run record amount of home runs again, but I could see him hitting 50 again, mm-hmm. which yeah. he might be the only player that hits 50 again next season. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's right where he – right where he needs to be in that, that ranking, especially with the short-ass field in Yankee Stadium. I can't mm-hmm. fucking talk today. But yeah, I, I, I think it's the perfect place for him to be. And yeah, that five to seven range is right where he should be. Yeah, and then the uh, another big domino fell there. We saw Trey Turner sign with the Phillies. Um, and then the next best shortstop, or the, the next shortstop after him is either Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts. And uh, Bogarts signed on... 11-year contract with the Padres, kind of uh, just copied the Trey Turner contract with for a little bit less money. Um, interesting fit there, I think, with, with Bogarts in San Diego. is another pretty good pure hitter, another hitter to add with Soto and Machado and, and Tatis when he's healthy and uh, off his suspension. So another good key piece there for them. Uh, it just looked like they were being like, okay, didn't get Turner, didn't get Judge. Let's just go after the next best bat there. And, you know, Bogarts... Was was great in Boston. He had he had Devers there with him. He had Martinez. But I think now going to San Diego there, even with the the park factor, it's it's the second um, best pitcher park according to Baseball Savant. But I, I think in that he's not really a home run hitter. He's not like a power hitter. He's just a a good hitter. Hits some doubles. So I think that it, this is a good good fit for him. Not sure where he'll necessarily bat in the lineup, but uh, yeah, I think this is. A fine fit for him. San Diego wanted to get a shortstop. They'll have to move either him somewhere or Tatis to the outfield full time now. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this uh, Bogart signing? Um, I'm not a massive fan of it, just because like I was really digging into Bogarts yesterday uh, after the news broke, and statistically, I I think he had kind of a it, his season looked better on paper than I think it actually was. And I, I don't know, 11 years for a dude, he's going to be what, like 40, how old is he right now? He's, 30, 30, he's going to yeah. be 40, 41 when it's up. Like baseball savant wise, his season wasn't all that great. Like his barrel rate dipped to six and a half percent, which league averages 6.7%. So like, it's not crazy, but like all his seasons before he's at 9.7, 8.6, 8.4, 9.8. Like that dipped dramatically. Uh, his exit velo is down to 88.1 miles an hour, which is not great. Uh, sweet spot dipped to 30.3%. Expected slugging was all the way down at uh, 383. And he he hit, what, 305, which is pretty good. 307, but he had a 362 Babbitt. That's a really high Babbitt for somebody that is not fast. It's like there's just a lot of things about his game that I think think aren't going to translate well to next season or even beyond maybe two or three years of this contract and uh, he's not going to be anybody fantasy wise that i'm targeting next year especially who knows where he's going to hit in that lineup mm-hmm. which i don't even know why they signed another shortstop really it's kind of weird they've already got tatis they've already got oh, what's his name uh hassan kim they've already got mm-hmm. machado they got they like they have a loaded middle infield already and they just throw bogarts in there now it's kind of odd but yeah i i don't i'm not a big fan of this one how you feeling about it yeah the, the more you say there the more i look at his stats the more it's like 
when when the Phillies were talking about either Trey Turner or Bogarts, I was like, I definitely want Turner. Bogarts would be fine as a backup option. But looking at his numbers, he's kind of a guy where people talk him up better than his numbers show. And maybe that's just yeah. based on him coming up in the clutch or if he's a good clubhouse guy or whatever, because Red Sox fans are all up in arms about him leaving. But like he's not an amazing player. He's a solid player. He was a part of uh, their World Series team, two World Series teams. So he knows how to win. I guess it's more like that. He has those type of intangibles more than anything than just the, the raw stats. But looking at the uh, Fangraphs projected lineup, they have him hitting cleanup behind uh, Kim Soto, Machado, Bogarts, then Cronenworth behind him. I imagine maybe he goes fifth or Tatis goes up to the top of the order when he comes back. Yeah, it just seemed like San Diego wanted in on the party and Bogarts is kind of who they got. I don't know if they just didn't want to go after someone like someone like Nimmo or an outfielder because their left fielder right now is Jose Azacar and they have Trent Grisham center field. I guess he's fine. Yeah, the, the Padres have gone from a team like a year or two ago. It was like, okay, look at the Padres. They're building something good to now like they almost went for it too fast. But also they have yeah. 24-year-old Juan Soto. So they'll be competitive for years to come. Yeah, like they have Soto. They got Tatis. Like they got like real good young guys. But yeah, it, it really does feel at this point that they are literally just like delivering wheelbarrows of money to any buddy with any star power like connected to their name right now and just hoping that one of them says yes they're doing the old they're a little behind the scenes talk again they're doing what i do when i try and get guests fucking just you know <laughs> throw some shit out there eventually you know eventually somebody's gonna say yes they're doing the same thing but they're doing it with like hundreds of millions of dollars like we're just gonna offer you all 11 years 300 million dollars and one of you's about to say yes and you'll sign and like yeah. it's it's such a weird way to build a team. Yeah, they, they've seen the Dodgers like do that and like buy buy players or whatever, and they see the Giants going after Correa and after Judge, and like, okay, we we might as well kind of get in on this party. Also, me saying that uh, how how they were buying players, it, it I have a little rant here. People complain about you know oh they're buying trying to buy a championship. Yes, that is the point of Major League <laughs> Sports. The point of Major League Sports is to get the best team. You don't have you don't get bonus points for having homegrown players you don't get bonus points for not making trades or for using the same players over and over you want to get the best team on the field or on the rank or on the court to to win a championship and if that's buying players that's buying players if that's growing players it's growing players teams can do it different ways bigger market teams maybe have higher budgets but let's be real all of these owners are multi-millionaires if not billionaires they can pay up for these players they just don't want to and that's that's them being like, oh, it's, we're a small market, so we can't drive them. No, you could pay players if you want to. It's just the bigger market teams have an easier way to do it, and they do have more revenue. But I, I just hate I just hate seeing that. Oh, they're they're trying to buy a championship. Yes, they are attempting to win and succeed. Absolutely. Especially in baseball, where like you like to say the money's fucking made up. Who cares? Yeah, there's like, there's it's, no salary it's all cap. About, there's a luxury yeah. tax, like, and the owner can pay it. There's no salary cap at all. Yeah, so like there, there's no point to not spend money. That's coming from a Mariners fan who is rooting for a fucking team whose owners just every year are like, oh, you know, we can't, let's not spend that money. I don't think we need to. Like it's baseball. Like spend money to fucking win. Like yeah, I'm fully on board with you right now. Like there's absolutely no reason not to, and I couldn't give a shit if a team does it. I fucking love it. Like if you got the money, spend it. 
Yeah. All right. All right. That was a bit of a bit of a tangent there, but I think we got a good conversation <laughs> on Bogarts. Uh, next most uh, notable hitter to sign was Bos Contreras. I think he signed a five-year deal with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, going there from Chicago to St. Louis, kind of a rivalry uh, there. Not not quite as much of leaving the Red Sox for the Yankees or something like that. But Contreras, 30 years old, uh, coming off a, a pretty good season there. Only hit 243, but had 22 home runs. Uh, Goes into that lineup with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. That's projected to be their 2-3-4 with Tommy Edmund up top. Um, only thing is, it's another right-handed hitter for them. But, I mean, Contreras, Goldschmidt, and Arenado can all hit both sides. It's, I think, going from, as you have here in the notes, taking over for Yadier Molina, which is who's been there for forever, pretty much, since for as long as we've been watching baseball, it feels like. And now they have yeah. another top-tier catcher. Yeah, this might be my favorite uh, free agent signing yet because like it's one of those things. Yadi's a legend, and he's leaving. If you're if you're a baseball fan in general, you you're a fan of Yadi or Molina, and so they needed somebody to take over that could be that next kind of star catcher for them for a really long time. And I think Contreras is it. Like, he's thirty, so he's not necessarily a young buck. Even though, I mean, I'm 34, so I like to think 30 is, like, super young. But, yeah, like, he's got <laughs> – oh, yeah, you're 30. Uh, but he makes excellent contact, like 10.5% barrel rate, really good. 90.4% average exit velo, really good. The 30% sweet spot rate could be a little better. But, I mean, his uh, XWOBA was 364, which is excellent. And he's got a 48.6% hard hit rate. He makes really quality contact on the ball when he's up to the plate. He's not necessarily the best defensive catcher. He's only in the 27th percentile in, like, pitch framing. So, he's not, like, he's not the best in that category. But he does play a good amount of DH. So he's he's somebody that brings some more star power to that lineup. That's gonna he's gonna be an impact bat in 2023. Yeah. All right. I have the ESPN rankings up here. Where do you think they have him ranked as in terms of catchers? In terms of catchers. Mm-hmm. Oh, off the top of my head, let's go. I'm gonna say eight. Oh, almost almost exactly. That. They have him ninth. They have uh, Will Smith, okay. Rutschman, Varsho, Ramudo, Kirk. Uh, Salvador Perez, MJ Melendez, Sean Murphy, and then Wilson Contreras, uh, 261st overall, ninth best catcher. Kind of, there's the top two, Smith, Rutschman, then kind of Varsho is on his own, then 147 to 176. You have that Romuto, Kirk, Perez, Melendez, and then Sean Murphy, and then Contreras way down there, 261. I think that he's going to be a guy that you can wait on if you don't get a top five, seven catcher. And Rather than be one of those guys that waits till the last round or second to last round, you know, do it a few rounds ahead of that, and you get a guy like Contreras who averages 26 home runs a season, hits uh, 250 in a lineup with Arenado and Goldschmidt. I think that's going to be could be one of those under the radar value guys just overall. Yeah, like that's that's a really good call. Like he's somebody that I might actually have to take a few shares of this coming season because yeah, if he's, if he's down there that far, that's one of those guys that you can get later on, like just kind of hold out on a catcher and get later on and you'll be set the rest of the year. I mean, he's got like career 349 OBP, which is nice too. Like, so he's going to play well in points leagues, which if you guys have listened to the show before, you know, that's my bread and butter. So yeah, like he's, he's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on, especially if he can bump up kind of those doubles numbers a little bit. He's a 20 home run guy, but if he could be like a 25 double, 30 double, 
twenty home run guy, sky's the limit at that point. Especially if he even if he sticks around that two forty batting average, he's gonna be he's gonna have one hell of a season. Yeah, and, and that that's uh those are the three kind of main signings that happened since we last recorded. There's two kind of lesser ones, but I mean they shouldn't necessarily be lesser ones. You have the former MVP Cody, Cody Bellinger signing a a one year deal with the Cubs, and then one hits hits close to home for you. I know uh, Mitch Haniger going to San uh, Francisco. I guess they chose Haniger over Judge because he's that much better. But uh, what do you make of these two? <laughs> I. Uh... I have very strong feelings about Hanniger, so I'm just going to start with Bellinger real quick. Uh, I think this I think this could be really good for Bellinger. He's shown flashes of being incredible in the past. I mean, for I'll be for one season, uh, two seasons, but he really struggled the last few years. So he could be the epitome of a guy that needed a change of scenery to really kind of re-jumpstart his career. The Cubs is kind of an odd place to do it. Uh, but hey, I mean, Chicago's not a terrible place to do it. It's not the crazy bright lights of Los Angeles, so that could help a little bit. But yeah, I mean, he, he was an okay signing. He's kind of one of those guys where you just throw him out there for the when he signed a one year deal, mm-hmm. kind of a little prove it deal. And so he gets a chance to just, he's either going to show out or. He's just going to be a guy that's relegated to lesser contracts for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen him the, the first. He won Rookie of the Year. He won the MVP in his third year. We've seen him be a hit, hit for power. He averages 33 home runs per 162 games, but only has 41 over his last 295. So he's definitely taken a hit there. But I think the, the one plus here is uh, is David Ross. I think he's a, a great players manager. And if someone wants to change the scenery like Bellinger, for a one-year prove-it deal, you know, maybe he's just a trade deadline piece. Maybe he's he finds a home there and is able to resign there. But I think this is just a, a good a good guy for to take a take a swing on here. He's still 27 years old, so plenty of chance to chances to turn it around. It's just kind of kind of sad to see him fall off as far as he did. So hopefully he'll be able to bounce back a little bit. I hope so too. Uh, and I was trying to look something up real quick. I swear I'm at a I swear I read it and it's not just a rumor. It could just be a rumor. Uh, but so there's this place out here in Washington called Driveline uh, and a ton of uh, MLB pitchers and hitters go there to get good work in and kind of tweak things. They're really, really good at like for hitters, like bringing back their power and kind of optimizing their swing. I heard a rumor that Bellinger has been getting some work in at Driveline this offseason. Ooh. which would be interesting if he can kind of tweak his swing a little bit. Cause like the last two seasons, his launch angle jumped to 20.3 degrees this last year and 22.2 back in 2021, which is way higher than his normal. So if he is at driveline, if they can help him smooth that swing out a little bit and bring out some more of that power, that could make a huge difference. But my sweet, sweet Prince, Mitch Hanniger. I have a, a a personal, I mean, personal for me connection to Mitch Haniger. So when I got into this whole sports journalism thing, uh, one of my first paid gigs that I had was uh, with Rotoballer. Shout out Rotoballer. And my first big article that I wrote for them, I covered the Mariners for them a little bit. Uh, it was about Mitch Haniger. Uh, and it was right after that trade where the Mariners landed Gene Segura and 
Mitch Haniger, and he was kind of the throw-in. He had a little bit of spring training success that year, if I remember correctly. He hit a big old dinger off of Clayton Kershaw. And it was kind of one of those moments where you just watch it and you're like, oh, shit, this guy's going to be fucking good. And so that was the first – it's the first article I ever wrote where I actually had people, like, recognize me and my writing afterwards based off of that article. So I've been following his career very closely. I mean, I live out in the Seattle area. Mitch has been my guy forever. So it, it, it was awesome to see him be a part of the playoff roster. Mm-hmm. So he got to see kind of all of his work that he's done over these last few years, being a leader on the team, kind of culminate in that playoff berth finally. There was no spot for him on the Mariners roster, though. So there, there was just no no way he was going to get to come back. So it's bittersweet to see him leave. I hate to see him go, but I'm excited to hopefully see some success out of him with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, looking at looking into where Hanager is from and whatnot, this looks like the the guy who's going back to his hometown team. He's from Mountain View, California, which is between San Fran and San Jose. Doesn't look too far. Went to college out there. You know, he he's got a good start there in in Seattle. It's where he kind of became a became a big name at 39 home runs last season. Fell off a bit this year with due to injuries, but uh, yeah, good to see him uh, go back to a hometown team. I don't have too much to say on him. Good to hear that that story about about him. That that's uh that's awesome for you, and hopefully he can find success there with the Giants. I hope so too, and I hope Giants fans love him because the home run swing he has is fucking sweet. I'm gonna miss that so much. Like he, it's such a butter swing. Oh, they're gonna fucking love that. But. You got right, some ads for us before we get to the pitches? I, I do, yes, actually. Uh, ready? Hey. We are presented by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer service to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're back with Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly playoff, weekly battle royale format, as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. For fantasy football, uh, I looked. There is no fantasy baseball contest out yet, but hopefully there's some uh, early best ball contests there. We can go over. As always, make sure you check out underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. All right. I know we talked about hitters in the first half of the episode. We did this kind of last episode. Start with some hitters. Go with some pitchers. Uh, one that I want to touch on is... Jose Quintana, the first thing I have to say about him, I thought he was way older than he is. He's only 33. When I first heard his name, I was like, damn, he's still playing baseball? Like, that's where that man's been around forever. Only 33 years old, signs with the Mets. Uh, I was going to joke around and call him a 
like a DeGrom replacement, but DeGrom wishes he could be this good. But what do you think of Quintana signing out there in New York? I think he he's a good depth option, a good a good three or four, which is all he has to be behind uh, Scherzer, Verlander, and you know if they if they bring Bassett back, if they get someone else there to fill in, and he's basically kind of replacing uh, Tyron Walker, who we'll talk about in a little bit, signed with the Phillies. I think Quintana's Quintana's good. I mean, he started out career White Sox, went to the Cubs. He struggled a bit in 2021 between the Angels and Giants, but last year, between Pittsburgh and being traded to St. Louis, he even had a good start in the playoffs in the wild card round against the Phillies. So, you know, he, he's a guy that's going to make 20 starts, 25 starts a year. He's going to throw 100, 165, 170, 180, 200 innings. He's reached four times in his career. So he has, he has the capability of just being that, third or fourth starter, innings eater, going to give you decent starts, not really throw you out of game. So, I mean, he's not going to be very relevant for fantasy formats rather than a, a depth starting pitcher, maybe a streaming option here or there. But, yeah, Quintana, I think a good veteran pitcher that kind of gets overlooked a little bit just because he's not one of those big strikeout guys. But he, he can get quality starts, and he, he can give you innings. Yeah, and I'm looking at his baseball savant page right here. I... Um... I'm confused. Like he's he's always been kind of a solid guy, or solid. I don't. I mean, I don't know him personally, so I don't know what, what kind of guy he's like. But he's been like a solid pitcher. But this last season, somehow, so in 2021, his four seamer. I, I love run values for pitchers. It's one of my favorite stats. Uh, if you guys don't use it, I would suggest you're checking it out on Baseball Savant. Type in whatever pitcher you want. Scroll down. You can look at the leaderboards too if you want. That gives you a good idea of just how effective pitchers are, especially with specific pitches. So like in 2021, his four-seamer was worth zero runs. Uh, 2020, it was worth negative two runs, which is okay. You want it to be worth negative runs. Uh, In 2019, it was worth negative one. 2018, it was worth negative five. In 2022, his four-seamer was worth negative 17 runs. And his curveball was worth negative 10. His curveball has never been worth negative runs in a season ever. And all of a sudden, this last season, it was worth negative 10. And it's kind of odd because all of his pitches have a lot less movement than average. Like his four-seamer has uh, 65% less break than the average four-seam fastball. Uh, his curveball's got 21% less break than the average curveball. It, it, it's just kind of weird. Like, he's weirdly effective. I wrote a, an article at the beginning of last season. I threw Mitch Keller in there, and I said that his slider was weirdly effective. It's looking like Quintana's kind of the same with his pitches this year. I don't know how he became that effective. There's been no change to his velocity. There's been no change to his spin rates. Nothing. And the pitches are just worth significantly more so i mean my brain immediately goes to he might regret regress quite a bit this next season so i don't don't know how i feel about quintana anymore even his put away percentages dropped a lot in 2021 i'm talking a lot here but kind of going through it and talking you guys through what i'm reading uh in 2021 all four of his pitches were had at least a 21% put-away rate. In 2022, his curveball had a 22% put-away 
play rate, but then fastball's down to 16%, changeup's down to 13%, and the sinker's down only 8%. So he was somehow less effective but more effective. So I don't I, I don't know. I, I think he put together a nice little season and got himself a bag, and I can't see 2023 going that well for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he did have a, an unusually – his best season of his career, but it was last year despite, um, yeah, he, he started 32 games. I mean, he, he had a two, nine, three ERA, so he must've got lucky there, lucky there somehow, but he had a, his FIP was two, nine, nine too. So like, it wasn't too bad there, but I think this is a, a just a depth addition for the match. It's going to be for fantasy purposes, just a, a, a streamer, not a guy that you're probably yeah. going to keep on your roster for whole season. Also the Mets, I think is, trying to get another lefty in there. They also traded for uh, Brooks Raley, a lefty from the Rays, to try to deal with, you know, Schwarber, Harper, uh, Matt Olson, all lefties in the NLE. So could be a, could be a uh, addition there for that. And then the other two pitchers are kind of more similar, I guess, whatever. Uh, we have James Italian <laughs> uh, signed with the Cubs, and uh, Tyron Walk, Walker signed with the Phillies. Uh, Tyron Walker is not ranked in the top uh, 300 by... The ESPN's rankings, he's ranked as the 96th best starting pitcher. And uh, James Pantayan is at the um, 64th best starting pitcher, 200th overall. Pantayan going to the Cubs. Cubs adding a few solid depth players here with with Bellinger, with James Pantayan. And that's what they have to do now while they're kind of rebuilding. Pantayan, he has better career numbers than I thought. Career 3.84 ERA. Uh, case per nine it isn't too bad there at 8.1. Start with the Pirates, went to the Yankees. So he's pitching both leagues. He, he's shown he's he's been up and down pretty much every year and kind of had a a better year last year, 391 year, right? Down from 430. So he'll be probably another guy along with Tyma Walker, just just like Quintana, just just stream and t- and go uh, touch and go with them. Yeah, so we kind of, if you're going to draft definitely draft him a little later on just kind of as depth pieces for your team walker i think might end up being a little bit better than tyone even though did i hear you correctly walker was ranked lower than tyone for next season yeah yeah uh they have tyone at 64th starting pitcher and uh walker i think was 96th oh yeah i i think I think Taiwan Walker, former Mariner, is going to have a better season <laughs> with, the, with the Phillies this coming year than Tyone is going to have with the Cubs. I'm, it's not going to be drastically better, but Walker has shown that he can be. He can, he has his flashes where he can be elite. Tyone is just kind of consistent, and there's nothing wrong with consistent, but when you're just consistently above average, it doesn't translate necessarily that well. To fantasy, especially wins-wise, Walker's going to be in line for a lot more wins with the Phillies than Tyone is with the Cubs. So, mm, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's going to make a big difference for next season. Walker also strikes out a little more batters as well, which helps. So, yeah, I, I don't. There, neither one has me over the moon excited to see how they do next season, but I'm kind of more excited to see how Quintana does now that I ranted about him. <laughs> I'm going to be keeping an eye on him for next year. But, yeah, I mean, your Phillies got Walker, which is cool. But with Tyone, I don't know. He might he might win eight games this next season. <laughs> and that'll be eight games with a 4.3 ERA. And you'll spot start him against shitty teams and wish you didn't have him on your roster when he plays the better teams and gets lit up for seven runs. 
Yeah, and what, Quintana will help him at, at City Field, one of the best uh, pitching parks, especially for right-handed hitters. So that'll definitely help him there. And uh, just to wrap it up here, we have we have a few still free agents out there. We had more listed, but I'm just ke- keeping it here with the two final shortstop, Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson. It seems like Correa is like probably going to go to the Giants because they missed out on Judge. They got Hanager, but they still have some money to spend. That's probably where I think he'll go. Maybe he'll end up going back to um, Minnesota or if the Dodgers swoop in and, and take him. But Swanson, I I really don't know. I could see him going back to the Braves. I don't know who they have to replace him. Or I guess Von Grissom plays shortstop. Yeah, Von Grissom. Yep. Okay, so that, that might be a reason for them to – maybe the Cubs will just go out and get, and get Swanson and, and start building their uh, their next core there. I mean, they have, they have Suzuki, they have Horner, they have Happ. Bellinger's 27 if he can turn it around. Christopher Morrell was pretty good for parts of the season. He's 23, so – that might not be a bad spot for him, but yeah, that's going to be the names to watch the uh, rest of the offseason here. Maybe, maybe I mean, they could be signed soon because a lot of dominoes have fallen, but we could see a few of these guys drag it out till January, February, March, like we have in previous years. You heard it here first, Dansby Swanson to the Chicago Cubs to make a weird super team in Chicago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I personally think Correa is definitely going to the Giants. It, it makes a lot of sense, and there's a lot of rumors about it that are really picking up steam. Like there, kind of, there's been a lot of teams that are in on a lot of players, just kind of say that they're in on them to show some activity. Red Sox. But I think, yeah, <laughs> but I think, there, I think there's a lot of steam behind the Correa to the Giants, and I, me personally, I don't think the Dodgers are going to leave this free agent period without signing a middle infielder, and they could kind of be doing the we're really going to make a run at Correa and if we don't get Correa we'll just sign Swanson for like 19 million a year because I think Swanson's kind of a a little bit down tier wise from like Bogarts so yeah like Swanson mm-hmm. 19 20 million a year I think the Dodgers will happily spend that fun money to bring in one of these guys and if they don't get Correa I could easily see Swanson signing out there yeah, I think one of our first offseason shows, I said Swanson it seems like a good replacement there for Brandon Crawford. He's got the flow. He's got the glove. He's got the solid bat. So, yeah, I think the Giants <laughs> end up with one of these guys, and then the other one might just return to their team. I'm not sure if Swanson could fit somewhere with the Braves because they have they have Von Grissom. I'm not sure if there's a, uh, there's a spot there for him, so maybe not. But maybe it's Correa just goes back to the Twins and Swanson goes to the Giants. I could see that. Yeah, I, I wrote kind of a. Are the Mariners the are the Mariners of, in on anyone still? I, the, like the Phillies oh, offseason no. is pretty much over. They probably should add another reliever or another possible depth starter. But I mean, they're they're lineup set. But I don't know what the Mariners have up their sleeves, if anything. Man, being a Mariners fan in the offseason is such a roller coaster because our. Depoto loves to trade, but he also loves to sign people. But then every time we come into an offseason, it's like jam packed with. Uh, like solid talent, the ownership group comes out and says, uh, they put like a, they put a spending cap on him every year. And I think I saw that this year, I think our salary is like 130 million and ownership was telling DePoto that we're probably done signing free agents right now. Cause we're at 130 million, but our TV deal is worth a hundred million. <laughs> But they they told Depoto that we're kind of out. The only person I can see them maybe signing is like a 
it's going to have to be like a middle tier free agent, somebody like Brandon Drury, who ha- kind of had some rumors of going to the Mariners at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm calling right now. I do think Brandon Drury signs with the Mariners, but it's going to have to be like, I don't know what its market value is, but it's going to have to be like a $10 million a year deal or they're not going to let DePoto do it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll say there are there are plenty of those middle tier free agents left out there. We were going over the list before the show here, so there'll still be plenty of for us to talk about. Plenty of players signing the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, and I mean, this has been one hell of a second episode for the week. I think I think that's what we got because we got to get ready for next week. We got a big episode coming up next week. Woohoo, yes we do. And uh we haven't even plugged plugged or plugged anything. Make sure you uh get in the oh, Discord. SG.pn slash Discord. A lot a lot of conversation going on there in the MLB channel during the offseason here. A bunch of other channels there as well for whatever you're into. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fan Baseball. You can find us whatever whatever podcast platform you're on. Just search for the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're all over. So yeah, that just make sure you're following us. Yeah, and I mean, you don't got to be shy. You can talk to Ryan in the Hockey Channel on the Discord. Big Please hockey do, yeah. Over here. Hockey Channel hockey is absolutely killing hot. it. I even hang out in the Hockey Channel, and I only know the crack game. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a place to be. It's fun. It's entertaining. Everybody there is super cool. Lots to talk about all the time. I mean, I, I wake up at 3 a.m. for the normal day job, and there's a group of guys in there at 3 a.m. talking about hockey. Like It's just wild. Yeah, come follow us all over the place. Win a bite. We're always down to talk. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at SOP. And as usual, we will see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>